What's good, family? It's your boy, Just Blaze, host of the best NBA pod in the game, Above the Rim. Keep it locked each week and join myself and a special guest as we tackle the latest rumblings in the league. If it's happening in the NBA, you know I got you covered. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms and leave that five-star review. Let's get it. I talk to executives who had Trey Young number one on their board. Come on. Come on. Talk to executives. Talk to executives. about to get fired. Trey Young 6'1. But you had some stature to you. You had strength to you. You could drive it. If 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 somebody dared you to drive the basketball, you would drive the basketball. But you could pull up and jump shoot the basketball from range, and he's a set shooter. He's not a leaper at all. He can't finish. He had a hard time in the Big 12 finishing at the rim, so he's not Iverson. He can't finish above the trees with strength and, and raw right. leaping power. There's nothing explosive about his game, and he won't defend anybody. So, again, will that sell tickets in Atlanta? I, I don't know. I think Dante DiVincenzo has a higher NBA ceiling than Trey Young does. Is this camera on me? Yes, it's on. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Welcome, 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 family, to another edition of Above the Rim, episode 88. Brought to you, as always, by your honorable host, Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze. Joining me this week, making his second appearance on the show, I believe it was uh, episode 72, one of the hosts of the Four Seasons podcast, my man Zach Noble. What's going on, bro? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. And honestly, I'm glad you said 72 because a couple numbers I like. I was looking up past 88s and Mm. not a a bad list. I, I, (laughs) I don't know if I would have been able to guess more than one or two of them, but you got any for me? I mean, those are solid numbers, though. They are. Do you, do you know any 88s in NBA history? Um, 88s. They're all recent, I'll tell you that. 88s? They're all really recent. Yeah. I Three can't. or two of them play right now. So Nick Batum. Oh. He, he was in Portland. Mm. Uh, Bailitza right now mm. um, in Sacramento. So he's the only active one. Then Antoine Walker, Alexi Sved, and Christian Ayanga. Oh, Shved, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, not bad company. That's not bad company. That's 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 a solid, solid company, man. I'm, I'm not mad at that at all. Um, so, yeah, appreciate you coming through, man, to chop it up, man. My, one of my fellow uh, lineups.com comrades on the network. So, uh, shout out to you, Joe. Um, yeah, so, family, as always, you can find Above the Rim anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, YouTube. To get in contact with me, you can always hit me up. Follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. IG is JustBlaze513. On Facebook, search Above the Rim Podcast. Email the show as well, Above the Rim NBA Podcast at gmail.com. Call up Talk About It line as well. If you have any feedback, send a voicemail. Questions for the show, that's 908-718-1592. And uh, Zach, tell the family where they can find you on social media, man. Yep, just Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E. You're only going to find me on Twitter. So that, that's I've tried to keep it centralized. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, Zolt. Keep notes. Right. <laughs> um, it's busy enough there, you know? I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, but yeah, so before we uh, get into this episode's top topics, man, Zach, I got to briefly discuss, um, address some of the feedback that I got from last week's episode 
from my uh, LaFail episode, as I called it. Um, oh, man. It was a lot of LeBron sensitivity going on last week, Zach. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot. Come on, Sensitivity. Um, I mean, as we know, the Lakers couldn't get any more disappointing than they have been this season. Next season arrived a little bit early for LeBron James this year. Um, and they started 2014, as we know, and went downhill from there. And then to make matters worse, LeBron comes into the garden. New York City. <laughs> matinee, Zach. Matinee. <laughs> Loses to the damn Knicks, right? Loses to the Knicks and get and gets his game-winning shot stuffed back into his chest by Hazonja. Hey, I might be the only Mario Hazonia lover still out there. I, I, I said I said at the beginning that was one of my bad calls, but I blame it due to opportunity. I still don't think he got his opportunity this year. But at the beginning of the year, I said he was still going to break out for the Knicks. I was wrong, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got, uh, he got his moment right there, though. He did. He did. And I, I was very proud. I'm, I'm sitting out on his own island. <laughs> I just, listen, it, it was actually a good moment to watch. I'm not going to lie. I jumped off the couch like, you got to be kidding me. But we all know that low keto on the lowest of keys, we are witnessing the decline of LeBron James. And it's okay. He's in his, what, 16th year right now, Zach? I believe it's 16 or 15. I think Yo, it's you guys, it's 16. 16th. And it's natural for players to decline, even at the very mighty LeBron James that it is. But I just need him to show for this season. I need LeBron to show a little bit more professionalism, I felt like, and stop with his little a passive aggressiveness that he's been dealing with, that he's been doing this season, that he's been doing the seasons past. But all it is is just a little bit of a decline for LeBron James. But it's... Not really a decline because he's still averaging 27, 8, and 8. So for those godlike numbers that LeBron James normally puts up on a normal basis, this is a calm season for him. And he's still giving you damn near triple-double numbers. But LeBron has shown some signs of being human this year, Zach. A lot of signs. Yeah, so do you think this decline is going to just keep going down because... This is for sure his worst year since his rookie year. And mm -hmm. although a lot of people say, oh, but look at the numbers he's putting up, the basic numbers, points, assists, and rebounds. Yeah, they're still very high. But compared to LeBron and compared to top 10 players, that's who you compare him to at a minimum, being he's been the greatest player, I mean, arguably the last 15 years, unless you want to say Kobe got a year or two in there, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, I... This is definitely it, it, they're they're empty numbers. I mean, yes. you put guy you put them in the category of Bradley Beal, Anthony Davis, and they're not top ten player type numbers. They're numbers that aren't translating to wins. He's getting he's he's coming out really slow, and he's getting these points when they're not playing as tight on him when the does, game doesn't really matter. So it makes him look good at the end of the day. And he talks about his accomplishments. And <laughs> But when you break down to it, his, his advanced stats numbers, and that's where you can really show, I mean, his win share is lowest since his rookie year. I mean, it, it's insane. And you dive in deeper, these numbers, like, all across the board, like, the ones that I truly care about and look at, um, yeah, it's just not, like, number one, not even a top ten player type. Yeah. It, the, the main ones, he's not translating to wins. 
I, I agree. <laughs> it's it's like like you said, it's empty stats, empty calories, as John always says. It's, it's like empty calories because it's to me is what I've been noticing about him. His effort is not there, the same as I've seen right. in years past. I know he said he activated playoff playoff mode or whatever the hell. <laughs> Come like, come on, on man. man. Activating, but what I, what I haven't been seeing from LeBron, I've, I've what I have been seeing, I should say, is that he's been easing into games a lot more than normal, and I don't like right. that LeBron. He's he's getting real passive, especially no urgency. Yeah, no no urgency at all, especially in the beginning of the game. When you're playing with these young guys, they're looking for you to they're looking for your body language, and they're looking to to gauge how you come out and how aggressive you come out into a game, and they will follow suit. You are the de facto leader of this team. You did come here knowing these young guys will be here this season, so you should have known there would be a challenge leadership-wise, and I feel like that's where he's been sorely lacking, and that's where he's been the most disappointing this season is in his leadership and his body language, and I feel like he... I was saying this to one of my boys the other day that he's... I feel like this is the first year or maybe... Not not really the first year, but it's the first year, but I feel like it's the most obvious that LeBron is separating himself player-wise from the rest of his teammates. Like, we understand he is LeBron James, and you guys are... It's like LeBron and the Pips right now, basically. Right. It's how he separated himself. And that's the part of it <clears> that I don't really like this season, and I think it's affected his play and his teammates' play to a degree as well. Yeah. No, I, I, just, ho- I just hope he gets some help and he gets takes more pride in playing the game. He's just not out there to chase Carl um, Malone <laughs> and the scoring record. I mean, yeah. there's definitely a lot more things I'm enjoying this year than watching LeBron. I'm, I'm not yeah, completely right. sold. Like he's not going to be able to come back and be the guy he was 2017. Even uh, I think he, he's not going to be, I think he can be a little better than what he is now and lead to actually winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's a guy that needs help now because he's not gonna be able to take over. I just don't think he has the stamina. Nor I, I I just feel like this year he just didn't think it was really worth it for him. Mm-hmm. You know, like so that's why he didn't take the prize. Like what what do I have to gain? I, this the West is the such a beast. And, right? Yeah, you might as well take a seat, pal. Yeah, definitely. I <laughs> I definitely agree with you there. I mean, as my man um, Damo always says, he always, he always writes it to me. LeBron came to L.A. for the chip. Uh, he didn't come here for the chips. He came for the glitz. There you go. I like that. There we go, man. And um, so moving on, speaking of uh, the glitz, the rookie of the year race, Zach, it's, it's been a nice one this year. I'm not going to lie. I feel like uh, the world has been sleeping on how tight the rookie of the race is this year. And um, I definitely wanted to discuss that in this episode. So I want to talk about first uh, mm-hmm. our top three candidates for rookie of the year. I feel like they'll be remotely similar, <laughs> uh, some of them. So I'll let you go first and you throw out your the third best rookie you have for this, yes. year, this type of rookie of the year race. Yeah, there's only three. I mean, if, if you if you have anybody else other than these three guys, I might have to leave this conversation. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about strictly rookie of the year, not who's going to uh, be the best when it's all said and done or who's showing the best bright spots. But there's only been three clearly th- three clear guys to 
separate themselves. And that's a huge gap in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a list guy. My partner knows me as the list guy. Of <laughs> course, I of course did my top 14, but we'll stick to three. Good to hear. We'll, we'll get into it. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people aren't giving their due credit. They were giving it to Luca running away with it early and often, but mm. honestly, um, you could have you could have two and three in any order, and you could have one and two um, reverse, and I would be okay with it at this point in time. But my number three um, is DeAndre. Ayton. Oh yes, um, I agree. I have DeAndre Ayton on there as well. Thank he's, God, he's giving you sixteen and ten. <laughs> he's giving you this. Yeah, he's he's a big body, not a um, Arizona, and I feel like he he's had a. A nice, a very nice rookie year. Putting up a double double this rookie year. I do like the the big man mechanics out of out of eight man. I know a lot of people are. I see when I watch a lot of those Phoenix Suns game because they're low key exciting right now, especially yep. lately with with Ubre on there. They've been low key exciting. Um, I see a couple of teams they're like laying off of him a lot, especially like in the mid post, and they they want him to 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 basically beat them for mid range. I I see a lot of a lot of teams a strategy that they've employed so far in his rookie season, but his back to the basket game is very solid. It's polished, Zach. It really you is. got it. No, a lot of people aren't giving him his credit too. And honestly, I'm a firm believer. Like no matter how bad somebody is at defense, I give them a pass their rookie year. That's why it's so impressive when guys are plus defenders their rookie year like yes. i've always been that way like it, it takes it like nobody's a great defender early on unless you're in a great system or you're a freak of nature like what jason tatum and donovan mitchell did on the defensive end last year were unbelievable um and that's why i like to give them their credit versus tearing apart rookies like i like to talk about where deandre aiden's crushing it, and that's what you just talked about his footwork mm-hmm. and his his touch it's incredible i i really believe in the guy his defense has been improving month in and month out too. Like it, it's coming. There's a reason why he's leading this rookie class in win shares. Um, but his percentages are high leading the rookie class in rebounds as well. I mean, I, I like the future of him and Booker together. Def- I definitely agree there. And, and low key, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get disrespectful, but I have been seeing some, uh, Hakeem, the dream, like the new post moves out of, out of eight. Right. Am I getting disrespectful there, or have you seen that too? No, no. It's. I mean, I'm not going to go that far. I mean, I'm not, not going to the Joel. Dream, but it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. definitely been studying a few tapes. I will say with eight. And, and, and I mean, the the dude also like one underrated thing is like he shoots 76 percent from the free throw line. Mm, as a big man, that's very good. I love that. Like that's so important to me. Hundred percent. Um. So number two, I'll go there. I'll, I'll start off with number two. Luka Doncic for me is... I knew you were, dude. I knew it. I have, I've been following you for too long, man. <laughs> you know it, Zach. You know it. You know it. So Luka, I mean, he's having a tremendous season. 21-7-6 and six or 5 <laughs> or something like that. He's averaging. But listen, man, people who know me, they know <laughs> how I feel about these two rookies right here. And, and I don't want people to say it, saying that I'm disrespecting the man because I'm not doing that at all. But I do feel like he's one of the biggest media-driven hype trains that I've seen in a long time. But I but I don't want to make it in a, disrespe- in a disrespectful way because he's one of the greatest rookies that we've seen in a long time. And I'm not saying he's not a great player because he is. 
But man, does the media outlets, they salivate off of every move that Luka Doncic makes. Every single move. The way they so you think huh? you think they've almost overrated him? Are you going to that point? To a degree, yes. To a degree. But it's a... T- He's in that gray area where it can go either way. I wouldn't be mad at someone if they were mad at me for saying they overrated him or if they think I'm crazy. I wouldn't be mad either way because I can see how they are calling him one of the best rookies. But all time, they need to pump the brakes because people are forgetting a lot how Tyreek Evans had a phenomenal rookie year. <laughs> and he tailed off. Not saying to compare the two, but you can compare the two. 25-5, and five, he had in his rookie year. But Luka, he has great skill. He he I like I like that he's a bigger guard forward, whatever you want to call him. Some people rate him as a two, some people have him as a three. I like he can get his shot off at any time, which is what I do like. And one thing I uh, another thing that I like about him is that the pace of play that he plays with. He's mm-hmm. he, he's never rushed. He plays the game at his pace. You never see him rush calling plays or even to get his shot off or even set up a team at it. He loves to keep the defender around his back, which is a shrewd veteran type move. So I got to give him some credit there. I just think he is rolling on the serious hype train right now, Zach. So, all right. Uh, I'm going to tell you where I think the hype is coming from. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the hype was deserved coming in, but, you, I mean, you got to pump the brakes as soon as they hit the court and then try to put it all into perspective and mm-hmm. uh, don't let that hype keep riding and wait till let this thing play out a little bit. <laughs> Um, and that, that's the thing. The, the media, a lot of people never came down. I was as high as anybody on him coming in, and I, I still am. But the thing is, um, he started off so great, mm-hmm. and the team was winning. They were in the playoff race for the longest time, yes. and m- mostly because of him. Uh, but And he was translating to wins early. I mean, his percentages, he was up for the first, like, 50 games or so. I mean, we're at 64 right now. I think it was around 40, maybe I'd say 40 games. He was above 36% from three, 44 from the field, which are great numbers, almost putting up all-star numbers. But the fact, the fact is, I mean, they were just because they they had such high hopes and then he was performing, but he still wasn't performing to their hopes coming in. Like the dude definitely wasn't an all-star. Like I turned down anybody who said he was an all-star. Like, I thought you had him. Okay. I'm I'm glad. No, he definitely, no, he definitely didn't deserve to be in the all-star game. Absolutely not. Um, but he, I mean, the rookie of the year award is a year long award and he's been great all year. Like, um, for, for, for a rookie, but where people are getting this wrong is they're calling him great for an NBA player already, like overall NBA. Mm. And that's where that's where the hype is coming in. Like you got to put him in perspective with rookies, past rookies. And like, it's amazing what he's doing, but his percentages has tailed off and Trey young has worked his way in there. And, um, Trey is leading to a lot of wins and almost just as many wins in the last, I don't know, month or so as mm-hmm. Luca. And he's playing just as intelligently. Um, and it, it's, it's very, it, it's definitely tightened up, but um, if Trey keeps playing at the rate he is and they win a couple more games, um, I would be okay with you giving Trey the award at the end of the year, but it's definitely coming down to the end. I still have Luca. Um, by a slight margin just because of um, I'm a big advanced stats guy and mm. it's always been better and the wins I mean 
the wins are there and he's had big moments, but um, ask me again in a month and it definitely could be a lot different. Mm. Um, I believe, I believe in Trey and it's going to be a hell of a rivalry for years to come. I, I definitely, I definitely agree there. I just feel like people are covering him a little bit more like he's making the playoffs right now because the Mavericks are yes. in the playoffs yep. as well. <laughs> And they're calling this dude like a top 15 player already. There's, like, those are the people that drive me nuts. Yes. Top 15, top 20. Like the dude isn't top 35 yet, really. Like, not. Let's let's. He's definitely probably top 50. Yes, but I mean, and he's definitely on the higher up hierarchy than Trey Young. Yes, because he can play one through four. He's a little bit closer to a plus defender, which he isn't yet. It's no, because he, he has a bigger body and he's, he's right. able to take some of those blows on the defensive end. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and his and you know what? He has more moments right now during the season than Trey Young, but people remember them also. And a couple of those step, uh, drilling those step back threes. You know, people love that right now with James Harden and, and but, Steph Curry. Uh-huh. But I'm telling you, if you ask me which which style is way more appealing, I mean, they're both like I can't choose between the two. I love them both like the watching them play equally the same. I mean, the difference is they let Trey just have the green light nonstop on a terrible team and shoot 15, 20 and just work his way into being a, as well. He still averages over 20 shots a game. Right, but he had better players and a more polished coach oh, to yeah. make up for it early on. But I really like Lloyd Pierce, and I think he can be a great coach for oh. years to come. Yes. If John Collins was on the Hawks from the beginning of the year, things might have been a lot different because John, I, I think John is just as good as anybody on um, the Mavericks, that's for sure. I love John Collins. John Collins, he's, he's, he's a great young player, man. I'll tell you that right now. But um, so, people, so we might as well go over there to Trey right, Trey Young right now, because everybody knows I got my boy Ice Trey, winning rookie of the year, who I think should win the rookie. Of the year. He's giving you eighteen to seven this year. Three yeah, years. please tell me why. Yeah, I need to know why. One of the only, the only current starting point guards ever to average at least eighteen and seven assists per game is Steph Curry, John Wall, Russell Westbrook, and Chris Paul, active players, and right now he's second in the league for to- NBA in the total assist behind Russell Westbrook. Hawks are averaging the most points in the NBA after the All-Star break, and you know Tre- Ice Trey and um, John Collins is one of the main reasons why. That duo, I love that duo, that tandem. He scored, which I did, I saw earlier today that he scored the most points in the NBA during clutch time, which was 57 points overall, which I didn't actually know. I thought it was Luca or somebody else when I when I saw that today, so I thought that was a very interesting stat. Last Say time- that again? He's um he scored the most points in the NBA during clutch time. Like on the season? Yeah, on the season. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Which That's I, big time. Yeah, it is because I remember I had a clutch episode a couple of weeks ago and I remember for it was average points per game and I think Kemba was leading in that. Kemba and Luka I mean, Doncic was top three as well. I'm still I'm still not taking him number one when, when it comes to the clutch, but to have the most points oh. is a big thing. Yeah, that is a big thing. And it's probably clutch bump. They they probably mean under the last three minutes, something like that. He's one of the first the first uh, Hawks rookie with a triple double and some of his some of the numbers that he's putting up in these last couple of game, man. Twenty two and fourteen. He had that, that big game, that uh triple overtime game, it was forty nine, sixteen and eight. Bunch of thirty six and ten games. 24 and 15 games, 35 and 11. And I just think the how he, I've been noticing a lot, a couple of my issues with Trey Young when he first came into the league was that I, I didn't like the pace that he was moving with and how he was moving as a point guard. So I've noticed in the past couple of games, especially since after the All-Star break, 
And after the first 20 games of the season or so, he started to slow his pace down. He started to read yeah. defense a little bit more, and he's upgraded his point guard play and eliminated a lot of the turnovers that he's been doing. Because when he first got into the game, and and I'm saying when he first got into the game, like it's been a while, <laughs> his, first couple, <laughs> his first couple of games, he was taunting the ball over at an excessive rate. He still averages a lot of turnovers right now. I believe it's over three or something like that. But the the pressure that he puts that he puts on the defense, of course, with his perimeter shooting, and his playmaking skills is why I like Trey Young. And I like the speed that he plays with. Even though he has slowed down the place, uh, so, slowed down the pace, excuse me, his dribble drives, and, and he's actually a low-key, a great finisher, Zach, if you really look at the finishes that he's... No, I like it. Yeah, he's very underrated as a finisher. A lot of people say he was too small, he couldn't finish around the rim, around the big bodies, but he has been, and he's been taking the challenge on, and I think he's he, he's been great for a rookie, 100%. Yeah, no, they both have definitely been great for rookies. Um, yeah, I mean, it is like, for instance, win shares, I mean, if per 48, I mean, Lucas like 1.06 and Trey's at like 0.032. But if you're going over their body of work the last 30 of games, Trey by far and away is blowing them away for the rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I, it's a year-long award for me, like I said. But uh, if you add... 10, 15 more games into this thing. I think Trey might have evened it out or taken the lead here. He definitely has enough time to do it. Yeah, definitely. And I think, to be honest, I think when it's all said and done, I think they're going to give it to Luka just because of that hype train I was talking about before. But, right. Um, but I think even, I wouldn't be mad at a co-rookie of the year, like when Grant Hill and love it. got it. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at definitely. that at all. That would be interesting. So, yeah. Are you, are you taking Trey for their careers? Yes, hundred percent. I'm taking Trey. Oh, I think wow. Trey is going to be a better player within the um, when the totality of their career is done, next ten years or so, whatever you want to call it. I think he's going to be the better player, without a doubt. Okay. Do, you, do we have to move on here? Do you want to talk a couple more rookies? No, I want to talk a couple more rookies. Um, so what's what's another one of the rookies that you got your eye on right now, Zach? Yeah, so <clears throat> under the radar, I mean, he's been coming off the bench a lot of the time for the year, but. Marvin Bagley, he's been mm. super polished for a rookie as well. I mean, even impressive on the defensive side of the ball, uh, averaging a, a little over a block a game. And um, I, I'd, I'd consider him a positive defender already. Like, uh, the dude is just looks looks very polished. He plays really intelligently. Uh, 14 and 7 for only 24 minutes a game is really impressive. Yes. Definitely. I, I, I definitely like his game. You know, when he first came out, of, when he first uh, came into the league, I wasn't really crazy about Bagley because I felt like his movement was a little bit robotic at times. I liked his yeah. energy he was playing with, but I didn't like his offensive repertoire because I, I feel like he didn't really have any. But I do feel like he's he's finding his way in the league, and I love how he's playing off of De'Aaron Fox and uh, uh, playing off the ball to Willie Colley-Stein. They definitely have a nice young energetic nucleus over there in Sacramento with Buddy Hill as well. Yeah, I just don't like him and Willie Cully Stein together for the future. Um, I, I think they bodies. need to fix... Yeah, I, I mean, Marvin Bagley is the, the future there yes. for sure, and I, I love uh, four of their pieces, and that's... I'm, I'm sold on Fox, Hill, Bagley, and then Bogdan, but I want Bogdan in the starting lineup, even though... Uh, He's been balling, man. Oh, I'm a huge Bogdan guy. Yes. <laughs> I just, uh, if he doesn't get the start there at least 30 minutes a game, I want, 
I want him on another team starting because he can definitely be a long-time starter in this league. Mm, I hear that. I'm not mad at that at all, man. Um, also, another uh, another rookie that I've been watching lately that I do like is Mitchell Robinson, man, out of New York. There you go. Yeah, he's been playing very well. I do like him being under the tutelage of uh, DeAndre Jordan, as crazy as, as, as that sounds, <laughs> because I think... You want him picking up those habits? <laughs> I mean, Come I, on. I like, I like, um, let me see. I, I like him as a, as a shot blocking, rebounding big. I think he can actually grow into a much better player. His offensive game, of course, has to be a little bit polished. But I think on a team like New York in a, in, in a limited role, as he has been playing, I think he definitely excel. And if you've noticed, he's been guarding a lot of guards out there on the perimeter as well. And that's what I've been most impressed with, with Mitchell Robinson, is his footwork for a big man, especially on the defensive end. So he's been very solid. And um, Alonzo Trier, Isozo over there in New York as well, man. He's been playing very well. I think he's going to become a very good scorer. But I am a little nervous about him because, you know, when a, when a play gets a little too trigger-happy, Zach, he, <laughs> he, he's got that ISO, and he's not afraid to show it either. A little too trigger happy, though. He he got to calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's not living up to the nickname. That's, I mean, he's ISO for sure, but not in a good way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, another rookie you got your eye on? Yeah, so, I mean, it's crazy what Mitchell Robinson is doing in literally 18 minutes a game. He's averaging yeah. almost two and a half blocks a game. And he's a guy, I mean, per 36 numbers are unreal. I mean, I let's play the guy. What does New York have to lose? Exactly. Let's see what he, if he's ready to play alongside KD. Why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but honestly, this, this rookie class, I mean, I really like it overall. There, there's a lot of bright spots. Um, I think it's going to lack star talent in, in the long run. I think there's going to be five guys that um, do have star talent. I hope they reach it. We'll see. Um, Zach, you didn't but know boy? I'm, I'm surprised it, right now. Uh, are you talking about SGA? Yes. <laughs> you got it. That's good, good karma, man. I was about to say, uh, that's your boy right there. You didn't even name uh, him. I was getting there. Oh, but okay. okay. <laughs> no, I, I love, man, him and Landry together now. That I mean, it's amazing what the Clippers have been able to um, recoup and some of their deals and yeah. put together a team that, I mean, that has veterans now and they're training these young guys to play like veterans. It's pretty amazing. Um, like a guy, Landry Shamit just can come in and do what he does best. Same with um, Shay and, um, and that's distributing the ball, being a smart player and kind of, easing his way into a system versus being a really aggressive guy. And they both have just been perfect fits in that Clippers system. And they're able to, I mean, make up for their flaws. Like yeah. uh, Landry Sham is a terrible defender. SGA, I mean, needs to get his to his spots when he's shooting. And uh, these guys are allowing him to operate where they need to right now. Do you see him as a as a long term starter, SGA? I I do. I'm a hundred percent sold. Uh, oh, you sold hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sold already. I've seen enough. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll, we'll see if I'm right on that one because it could get interesting. But uh, I definitely he, here's the thing. I just think he's such an intelligent kid. He is. Um, he has great instincts and great ideas. Right. Yeah. Yeah, his playmaking's phenomenal. I, I'm a sucker for uh, big, big bodies that are 
well versatile and mm-hmm. i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll see i mean I, I i completely accept people that aren't on board with him uh, because he's one of those guys that go both ways i guess but he's kind of i mean he's honestly really polarizing like colin sexton i mean yes in, in their in their own ways i mean there's gonna be people on both right. sides of the ball for sure mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sexton is all right. I mean, he, he he's cool with me. I don't have any issues with him. I definitely like his energy. I love definitely like his motor and his intensity as well. And I think he has to, you know, get a little bit more polished with his playmaking skills. But that, I mean, he is a rookie, so I'm not expecting right. him to blow me out of the water. But I definitely like his motor, and I definitely feel like he has the he he has the mentality that you need to succeed, especially as a point guard. And he isn't afraid to go up against anybody. So that I do like about Sexton. But I do have to see a little bit more from him. Not gonna lie, a little bit more for me to be. Oh, dude, I gotta see a lot more with him to be <laughs> honest. Uh, here's the thing, though. Like, as a rookie, I'm personally like I hate people that are just put these guys in the microscope and yeah. just. I mean, game after game, or looking at their statistics, seeing the negatives and and win shares and the advanced stats. Like advanced stats on rookies are cute, but it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is when you're talking about the best of the best, sure, and you're comparing for rookie of the year, and it comes down to certain things. And uh, but I mean, overall, I I do not care about advanced stats when it comes to rookies and i I really just want to see bright spots if you can be great at anything and yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and then you work hopefully the next year they get a little more consistent a little more polished i mean there's a process and i mean we're in this instant gratification world and people just want to rush things all the time definitely uh dude sexton's shooting 40 percent from three that's a great skill Mm -hmm. it's arguably the most important skill in today's game like solid uh, yeah, let let the kid have some shine, and he's he's won some games. He, I know he's lost a ton of them too because he doesn't necessarily know how to play the game that well right now. But I, I love his motor, and he's showing he can be a scorer and a shooter at times. Yeah, well, I'm definitely uh, um, looking out for sex, and I want to see how he progresses in uh, year two. I think that would be very interesting to watch, man. Definitely, and. Uh, Low-key shout-out, too, before we move on. Kevin Hurd out there in, in Atlanta. There you go. I like him, man. Young man can play. He's he's very good. Very He's a very confident shooter. Uh, he also displays an ability um, to put the ball on the floor as well. He can finish off the rim. He can distribute, too, off the dribble. He has a nice little pump fake and can drive. I definitely like him, man. He's, he, he's being slept on over there in Atlanta, and I, I think he can be a solid starter in this league. I, I think he can be a solid starter, absolutely. Um, I'm just... I'm not really putting my finger on that he's going to be one, mm-hmm. uh, but I definitely think he could be a top seven rotation guy oh, yes. for a long time. I'm yes. sold on that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, are you, hey, are you, you saying – you... I would upgrade. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but for the Atlanta Hawks here right now, I, what I've seen from him, I definitely like what I've seen. I think he's, he's progressed over this year, and I think if they can get someone um, this summer, uh, another guard, which I think they need to because Atlanta needs to be a viable free agent destination, and they – it should be on more free agents' mind, uh, the Atlanta Hawks. I think that would be a nice destination for them, but I think he would be a very solid backup, a very solid They're, they're, they're honestly my top Zion location for sure. Mm, that would be nice. That would be nice. But I do want him in New York City, man. He's got to be in New York. <laughs> got him. Got him. <laughs> That's fair. I can handle that. Definitely. And um, so, yeah, so I want also this episode, I wanted to... to discuss some of the most unsung heroes in the league some of the others in the league 
you know, a guy who doesn't get enough attention, enough of recognition about how vital he is to the team, some of the glue guys in the league. These guys hold things together for their team on both sides of the floor. And when I think of glue guys, I think of guys who have a positive impact on the floor without necessarily putting up big numbers. You know, guys like Ori, Fisher, guys like that. So I wanted to discuss a couple of the unsung heroes in the league that people don't give enough shine. I think last time we talked about Play That Man, it was also an episode of dudes who don't get enough shine or, or need a little bit more playing time. But um, this one here is uh, a little bit more for the glue. So I'm going to start off here. I think the best glue guy in the league, and I think the most important glue guy in the league, Zach, is my man down in H-Town, P.J. Tucker. Wow. Yes. I love it. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, but that's a great one. Yes, I'm not going to lie. I think people don't realize how much P.J. Tucker, how vital he is to what the Rock is doing in their system. He is an interchangeable three and a four, can play some small ball five. Um, when we get... When Dan Tony gets a little crazy, he puts B.J. Tucker out there at the five. But um, the hustle that he plays with, the heart that he plays with, he guards the best player on the floor now, the perimeter defender, since there's no Trevor Reza. He, 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 he can rebound at the paint. He hits, I think he's tops in the league at the corner three. And he spaces the floor, and he's very—he's ve a very confident shooter and a willing shooter now this year, which I feel like is where he has take taken a step up this year rather than last year. And PJ Tucker is so vital to what the Houston Rockets do on both ends of the both ends of the floor, and he's an Iron Man as well. You know he's playing. The, sometimes your best asset is availability, and PJ Tucker is yeah. always available to come to work. So I gotta give him some love. He's definitely, I think, probably my most important glue guy in the NBA right now. Honestly, that's, that's a great one. I, I love P.J. Tucker, one of the shoe guys in the league as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just think, like, everybody at the beginning of the year was just talking about um, they're going to struggle, no Trevor Reza and no Luke. And honestly, I was not worried for one minute. I mm. think you were in the, in the same, too. Like, um, I, I knew this Houston team was going to be here in the end as long as they stayed healthy. And um, that's still in question here. You never know with Chris Paul. Um, but P.J. Tucker, I mean, he's literally made up for both those guys. And yeah. Um, it's it's amazing, and I, I hate when he plays the five, but he can do it. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> he can I, do I, it. I hate it when he puts him at the five, man. I hate it too. I do. Yeah, um, couple guys I came up with, I guess. Um, there's, I mean, there's there's four big guys in the league, and when I when I think of guys that go under the radar, because that's what kind of what you mm -hmm. gave me a little heads up on, guys that are flying under the radar that are important impact guys on yes. their team. Um, I think the big guys in this league, especially the guys on winning teams like Al Horford, Nurkic, Drummond, and Steven Adams. Mm. Um, I think every single one of those guys, like they're not the, the main star on their team. They're not flashy, but they've might. I mean, Horford's arguably the most important player in the Celtics. Um, Nurkic, I mean, their growth has only depended on him and he's grown tremendously this year. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm a big Denver guy. You, you got it, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Jokic isn't on here because Jokic is far and away the best player there. But, um, like, Drummond and Adams, like, people don't talk about them enough. And they, if they raise their ceiling so much, I mean, it's 
They're X Factor guys in my estimation. Steven Adams has taken a uh, uh, like a huge step up this year from from last year, especially how he's playing, and he's become basically. Can we consider him the third option or the fourth option on OKC right now? No, I, I definitely consider. I mean, I don't know. You, you could go Dennis. You could go Dennis. Yeah, exactly. You could go option wise, but he's for sure the third best player. Yes, and third most important player. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. Stephen Adams definitely doesn't get enough love for what he for, for what he does in the paint for OKC. Definitely, I agree. And um, also, man, another glue guy that I feel like a lot of people uh, 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 have slept on, another unsung hero in the league is Malcolm Brogdon. Man, I know, I know he. I have him on my list. Oh, <laughs> there we go. I know he's hurt right now, man, and it it bummed me out, man. With the um, I think what was it, plantar fasciitis he had in his foot? I think it was. Yeah, no, that sounds right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, man, that that really killed me, man, because he's been having a great season, man. He's giving you 15 a night, 50, 40, 90 right now, and he's not great at any one thing, and he's definitely, he, he he's like one of those, a jack-of-all-trades kind of dude, basically. And I think the Bucks are really going to miss his perimeter defense. I think they're going to miss his overall offensive consistency, feel like other than Giannis, he's one of the few dudes who you can count on to get a bucket for you. I mean, I know Middleton can get a bucket as well, but there are at times where Middleton can be shut down if you do have a a elite perimeter defender on the other side at times. But I think Malcolm Brogdon is basically the X factor for the Milwaukee Bucks. There's a game where he could get you 20. There's a game where he could get you 12, but it's an impactful right. 12 and 7. And I think he's really going to be missed. I mean, I'm hoping he could come back by the first round. That would be very nice, you know, for the Bucks, but they were saying six to eight weeks. And I think he's he's really to me impressed me this year. In the- yeah, I mean I was I was heartbroken when he went down because he's so important to that team. And yeah. that team has just been so great this year in rolling. Uh, and I want them to have success so Giannis eventually stays in uh, Milwaukee. Uh, and he, it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's the perfect fit with them. And we, we had a Bucks guy on our show uh, last week, and he straight up said Malcolm Brogdon's the second most important player on that team. Mm, I'm not mad at that. I could agree. No, no, it's because, I mean, he is the second best defender on that team. His mm-hmm. defense is incredible, and he just, man, just fits. I mean, he does all oh, the things. Man. All right, you need a starter to go with one one of the all-time players in Giannis. Um, a couple other I want <clears throat> to mention, and call me crazy but like these guys still fly under the radar because their teams are deep and loaded and they've been past all-stars i mean jimmy butler still is an Mm all-star but i think jimmy butler is the glue guy that keeps that team together honestly Mm -hmm. and um hits i mean super super clutch for him the playmaking has been a very underrated fit there i like it a lot more than a lot of people um it's taken time to adjust but um, I think in the long run, and especially in the playoffs, it's going to really pay off because he's going to get it done for him. Um, yeah, so I, I do like that. So I, I was talking to a couple of people about about Philly and thinking about if if they are the classic case of a less is more kind of approach. And, and a couple of guys that I've had on there call them also uh, pre, uh, pretenders as well about getting to conference finals. Are you sold on this Philly roster? Honestly, man, I'm not sold on any of these four teams because mm. it's it's so equal to me. I think 
Um, it's it's literally a toss-up. I'm still sticking with my Celtics pick from the preseason. I haven't wavered away from them. I just okay. think they're gonna they're they're gonna come together. They're like I've been headstrong on them all year and <laughs> haven't haven't wavered. Honestly, there's been no reason for me to. I mean, even though how great the Bucks have been, uh, but. Uh, Toronto's injuries. I mean, up and down, and I never, I never, I never know. I, I think they're a beatable team. Um, oh, and Milwaukee yeah, definitely beatable, right? Sure. And Milwaukee's young, and they haven't been out of the first round. So, uh, especially with this injury here, I mean, there's there's a lot of question marks for all four of the teams, but it's going to be a race to remember for sure. There is, but I hope is um is Boston still in the fifth place right now, or are they in the fourth? I just took it down. Um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they're in fourth. I hope it, as long as they can stay in fourth and get out of the four-five matchup with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, because that would be a terrible matchup for both teams. Honestly, they they have to figure right. out a way for Indiana to drop down, which I believe they did. I believe they would. No, no, I got it here. They're they're in fifth. Um, they're a game behind Indiana. If they win tonight, mm. uh, half half a game. Mm. Well, that's not bad because I know the Celtics. I can trust the Celtics actually to go into Indiana and get a road win. I yeah, I mean, I don't know anybody who's going to be picking Indiana in that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as long as they don't play Philly in the in, in the first round, I think Boston definitely has a chance. But I'm not going to lie. I, 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 when I think about Philly, I do like their roster. They're top-heavy. That, to me, is my issue with them, is that they're top-heavy. I'm not crazy about their depth, and I'm not crazy about Brett Brown's coaching, even though he's a solid coach. I just feel like he doesn't open up the offensive game plan for, for the Philadelphia 76ers. I see too many dribble drives, too many J.J. Redick dribble drives over and over and over with Joel <laughs> B. dribble handoffs, and I need him to open up the playbook a little bit, some something a little bit more complex, not the offense being as predictable as I feel like they are right now. You're right, and I mean, Joel still doesn't get enough touches down low, and yeah. I mean, he's definitely it's shown. I mean, the stats and just watching him out there, like you got to give it to the guy the ball. He's he's unstoppable, and uh, it's just the the plus minus with him on the court and him touching the ball is unstoppable. Just oh, you can turn Jimmy Butler into a spot up shooter. I, I, you really can. I mean, he. He's a great hockey is assist he, guy can he too, and that? can he accept that? I think he, I think he has. We're not. I'm not sure if he's going to stick around. I think he seems happy. We'll mm. see if, if they win in the playoffs. That's what it's going to come down to. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. I'm not worried about their top heavy because um, I, I, I think when they come together and they play hard, I think they're really tough to beat. Um, okay. I would definitely. I, I still definitely think they're the second best starting five in the league. I, in mm. the yeah, it, it's tough, man, because I don't I don't know what what other team the teams are going to bring. I mean, it, it's all going to depend on matchups and health when I make my pick in the playoffs. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely, I definitely agree with that. I'm I'm telling you, man, this is this is one going to be this is going to be one of the best Eastern Conference playoffs that we've had definitely in a few years. Definitely, I feel like in the past five years. I feel like yeah, I'm excited. <clears throat> definitely excited for both conferences for sure. Um, yeah, but before we move on, really quick, I want to give some love also to Jeremy Grant. I also feel like he's a very integral there you piece go. of um, the Oklahoma City Thunder as well, and also Justice Justice Winslow on on Miami. I've been a uh, 
I've been watching him a lot, and I, I feel like he's definitely taken a leap forward this year, and they've been putting him out in different positions. He's been playing some point guard, playing some two, playing some three. And I feel I really think he's been pretty solid for the Miami Heat this season. Hey, I, I still think Justice Winslow is going to turn into an all-star. Yeah, oh, I could, I definitely can agree with that. We'll see, man. That definitely would, would be nice, man. And um, so, yeah, family, so now it's time. Yeah, you going to say something, Zach? Heat, uh, I was going to say the Heat deserve it. Yes, they, oh, they need an all-star right now. This, they need a star to go over there, honestly. I do see, honestly, Jimmy Butler going over there for some reason this summer. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, there's been a lot of smoke there in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think they want him a lot, but I just I just don't like the fit with uh, Winslow, Richardson, and him. Uh, but I mean, decent. I think it's the, I mean, if if you can move Winslow, if he can turn him into a combo guard, they've been playing him as some point guard. Oh, I, I'm set at Winslow being a point guard for the long run. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, I like it. I get get Dragic out of there. <laughs> yeah, Dragic's got to go. He's got to go, definitely, <laughs> for sure. Um, So, yeah, family, so now it's time for the crossover segment. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Yeah, so I'll be throwing out player comparisons from different eras. My man Zach asks his GM, and he tells me who he would take out of the two in their prime if he was building a team. I got some good ones here for you, dog. Um, First up. First up, are you taking a prime Tracy McGrady, T-Mac, or a prime Reggie Miller? Let me give you the career stats. T-Mac, 19 points per game, five rebounds, four assists, one steal, 43% from the floor, seven-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA first team, two-time scoring champ, most improved of the year award. Um, Reggie, 18 points per game, three rebounds, three assists, one steal, 47% from the floor, and a five-time All-Star. Zach, you building the squad. You taking prime Reggie or T-Mac? Who you got? Man, that, that's tough. I honestly think Reggie had a little more help in his day, honestly. Mm. Um, he, he could be who he was because he had the great defenders around him. Uh, I'm definitely taking T-Mac and not even blinking twice. Mm, tell me why. <laughs> Yeah, I just think, I mean, at his peak, he's a way better player, and uh, he just didn't have the talent Reggie had around him. And Reggie, I would take, if it's the last two minutes of the game, I'm taking Reggie. Uh, but um, I, I just, T-Mac, I just think is a way better player overall. Mm. I, I think Reggie Miller, I mean, career-wise and accomplishments, he, I mean, he definitely won a lot more. Um, and I don't think he necessarily translated to more wins. Not at all. Because remember, it's, it's not about that. It's if you're building your squad, your ideal squad, and you got both of those two on the table. And you know we take a T-Mac. And I agree with you because I'm taking T-Mac as well. But I feel like it's a lot closer than, I guess, well, I don't know if people would swing if the pendulum would be over to T-Mac. I don't know because a lot of people would value what Reggie Miller brings to the table a little bit more than T-Mac. Because Reggie, when, when he's on the floor, yeah. you literally have to game plan for him a lot different than the way you would game plan from a T-Mac. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree that, uh, I mean, neither one of them have proven, I mean, that neither one of them could be the number one guy on a championship team. So when you're looking at it like that, I mean, Reggie Miller fits with a lot more people. So that, I mean, I think Reggie Miller, I mean, would be absolutely perfect in today's game. And um, depending on if you had like the best player in the NBA, I mean, LeBron in his prime, who I want next to him. 
I'm taking Reggie Miller, but if I don't know if I don't know who's on my team, I'm going T Mac. Mm, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I'm going T Mac as well, man. But I look when I first thought about it, though, I was leaning toward Reggie for me personally because I felt like the way I want to build my team, I would like my two guard to be a knockdown shooter rather than an isolation volume kind of scorer that the way T Mac was. Because if I'm building my team, I might have certain instances, and I might it might be easier to plug in Reggie into any roster rather than T-Mac. So that's also another way of thinking about it there when comparing the two. Um, so, yeah, so moving on, are you you got both of these two on the table. You're taking Devin Booker right now or a prime Manu Ginobili. Let me give you the career stats. Ginobili, 13 points per game, three rebounds, three assists, one steal, 44% from the floor, two-time All-Star, four-time champ, you know, sixth man of the year, Devin Booker averaging 21 for his young career. Three rebounds, four assists, 43% from the floor. Zach, you got both of these boys on the table. You got Booker or you got Prime Ginobili. Who are you taking right now? Man, if anybody takes Devin Booker right now, <laughs> you, you just don't know what the game of basketball is about. Or, or yeah, I just, I just don't. You had a debate in the Reggie Tracy McGrady one, but mm. this one, I mean, yeah, because people love the way Devin Booker plays and he scored 70 in a game. It's cute, but Manny Ginobili wins games, and that's what it's all about. Mm. Uh, the dude can play one through three, uh, and he's just, he's, he's perfect, man. It was unbelievable. Definitely. I, I agree. I'm going Ginobili as well. But I can't see how someone would because maybe they can say Devin Book is more a more dynamic scorer. That that to me can be the only thing you can go with Devin Booker over Ginobili. But what Ginobili brought to the table, man, I mean, he was he was very clutch, as we all know. And it just killed me that he never we never got to see him as a full-time starter for the San Antonio right. Spurs. I mean, there was only one season, I believe. He played over 30 minutes a game, and he gave you 19, I believe, or 20 that year. So that was the closest year that we ever saw him become a semi-starter. But I feel right. like if Ginobili was on another team and he didn't have to sacrifice the way Pop asked him to sacrifice, I definitely think he would have been an over 20 points per game scorer for whatever team, being a number one or number two option. Oh, you got it. I mean, he could easily, I mean, at his peak, he averaged 19 and a half, round up 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other than that, he had a 17 and 16 a couple of years. But um, he's one of the few six men of all time that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame for his NBA and international career. I mean, even if he took out his international career, I think he's a Hall of Famer as an NBA player. Oh, yeah. Um, but the his statistics, I mean, no, it is and it shouldn't be. I mean, some people... Some people look at his stats and be naive and um, Mm -hmm. like young kids. If you're just looking at his basic stats, especially you're going to be like, Oh, Devin Booker is better. No, that means nothing. Look how many wins Devin Booker's had, but Manny Ginobili was just a pest on defense too. He's a great defender. I think he was an underrated defender too. I don't think he's very underrated. He he doesn't get enough credit. And and people only remember that one block he had on James Harden (laughs) in a, in a game six, but he's had some crucial defensive possessions for the Spurs throughout the years. Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely. Real quick, if so say for instance, Devin Booker was swapped with Ginobili back then playing with the Spurs. Do you feel like the Spurs would be more dynamic or it would be around the same or what would you think about that? Yeah, so that's, a, that's an interesting conversation mm-hmm. for sure. And I, I think um, just like I believe if you swapped Kobe Bryant out with a lot of guys, 
the like Shaq would have still won a couple of those titles. Yeah. Um, but um, doesn't mean that he's better than Ginobili. I, I just think that not. team is so good. I think if you saw Devin Booker in there, they probably would have won as well. I don't know if they necessarily beat um, LeBron. <laughs> I don't know. if I mean, they definitely won a couple of the titles. I don't know if they win all four. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's definitely interesting to look at. But um, people, stop sleeping on Ginobili, on how great Ginobili was. And I hope it's not a debate that he's in the Hall of Fame, because he should be. Definitely. Right. Should be. Gotta show that man Manu some love. Um, So, yeah, Zach, man, appreciate you joining me for another episode of Above the Rim, dude. Appreciate you coming on for another one. It's been a, it's been a doozy, and we're going to be watching this Rookie of the Year race. Um, wait, so do you have you have um, Luca winning it or, or Ice Tray? You know, um, oh man, they, that's mm. tough. I mean, like I said, I have Luca right now, but Trey is, I mean, he's been better the last 30 games. And yes. he's, the, he's the hot hand. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to still stick with Luca. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's just because the Mavs, I got the Mavs on in front of me. They're up 59 49. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that, man. I heard that. Um, yeah, so Zach, man, thanks for coming on another episode, another episode, man. I appreciate it, dude. No, it was a blast, man. You always bring it, so anytime. Take care, man. Of course. Take it easy, Zach. Later. That's Above the Rim, episode 88, and we out.